When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. 56, cloudy this Friday, January the 13th. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. 142 people asked for me to resign all Embattled Long Island Congressman George Santos, defiant, refusing to resign unless voters demand it. A multi-billion dollar entertainment and casino proposal for Long Island. A fed up Brooklyn store owner resorts to public shaming in an effort to stop serial shoplifting. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland appoints a special prosecutor to investigate the finding of classified documents related to President Biden. Consumer prices cooling a bit, according to December's CPI index, but inflation remained at 6.5% for the month. Newly sworn in Long Island Representative George Santos remained defiant yesterday, responding to calls to resign over admitted lies. Santos said he would only resign if all the people who voted for him told him to do so as he ducked into an elevator down in Washington, D.C. Santos said, if 142 people asked me to resign, I'll resign. But then he later clarified that to 142,000. He received over 142,000 votes back in November. And later Thursday morning, Santos joined fellow Representative Matt Gates, who was filling in for Steve Bannon on his War Room show to clarify his comments. I was elected by 142,000 people. Until those same 142,000 people tell me they don't want me, uh, we'll find out in two years. When asked directly about where his campaign funds came from, here's what Santos said. I'll tell you where it didn't come from. It didn't come from China, Ukraine or Burisma. How about that? Santos is under investigation over alleged lies about his background and the possible misuse of campaign funds. Santos represents New York's third congressional district, which includes parts of Nassau County and Queens. Well, the Las Vegas Sands announced plans yesterday to pursue the development of a multi-billion dollar casino and entertainment project out on Long Island. The company has agreed to purchase the long-term lease of the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. It would allow the company to control about 80 acres in Nassau County. Former New York Governor David Patterson, who helped pitch the proposal, spoke to ABC7. We're going to talk to the local uh, academic institutions about training people so that when they come in, it won't be just jobs. It will be the beginning of careers. If the plan meets with state approval, 12,000 construction jobs and 5,000 more in entertainment would be created. Not everybody's in favor, though. For example, Pearl Jacobs with No Strand Garden Civic Association. She opposes the casino. She thinks it's the wrong location because of the nearby Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. A fed-up Brooklyn deli owner, Mahid Abrahari, the proprietor of the Green Olives Deli and Grill Juice Bar on 7th Avenue, has started displaying a Thieves of the Week video right behind his counter to deter repeat shoplifters. Now, he came up with this idea of public shaming as a new way to try and stop a group of local teenagers from repeatedly shoplifting at his popular Park Slope store. 
four weeks ago, I catch them who was the first time, and I told them, do not do this again, and if you guys need something, you can just let me know. If you don't have the money, I can I make and give you stuff for free. But don't steal from the store, because that's business, and everyone has to respect the place. So this 30-second video shows the four schoolgirls walking into his store with at least one filling her coat pockets with chips and other snacks while the others stand guard. They eventually walk out without paying. And the store owner told the New York Post most shoplifters who, when caught, do not return to his store. However, the public shaming is aimed at those emboldened repeat offenders. A special counsel has been appointed to investigate President Joe Biden. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland Thursday appointed a special counsel to investigate the presence of documents with classified markings found at President Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware, and at an office in Washington, D.C. The announcement followed Biden's acknowledgement Thursday morning of these documents, including in his garage and his library. Attorney General Garland during Thursday afternoon's press conference. I strongly believe that the normal processes of this department can handle all investigations with integrity. But under the regulations, the extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel for this matter. Biden told reporters at the White House that he was cooperating fully and completely with the DOJ's investigation. Robert Hur, the former Trump-appointed U.S. attorney in Maryland, will lead the investigation. He's taking over for top Justice Department prosecutor in Chicago, John Lausch. Consumer prices rose 6.5% last month compared to a year ago, two-tenths of a point below expectations. Now, year-over-year, inflation has fallen for six consecutive months now since it reached a peak of 9.1% in June, a 40-year high. The slight cooling of prices is seen at lowering chances of a full recession. President Biden spoke to reporters about the CPI report. It all adds up to a real break for consumers, real breathing room for families, and more proof that my economic plan is working. When I came to office almost two years ago, the economy was flat on its back, as you all remember. Now, two years in, it's clear, clearer than ever, that my economic plan is actually working. A further slowdown in price increases would allow the Federal Reserve to taper off expected further interest rate hikes. In early February, the Fed Reserve will decide whether to raise interest rates again, and if so, how much. The Trump Organization faces sentencing today right here in New York for helping its executives dodge taxes on job perks, including things like rent-free apartments, luxury cars, and private school tuition. Although the stiffest penalty the judge today could impose is a $1.6 million fine. Former Trump lawyer Michael Cohen reacted to the verdict last month. What shocks me is that, again, Weisselberg has been less than truthful despite the potential consequences of a lengthy prison sentence. And that was part of his agreement. He fell on the sword and Donald allowed it. Former Trump Organization Chief Financial Officer Alan Weisselberg pleaded guilty last summer to evading taxes on $1.7 million in compensation. He was sentenced Tuesday to five months in jail, currently held at Rikers. The company was convicted last month of 17 tax crimes. The former president was not on trial in the case and will not be in the courtroom today. Well, that is a former Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe being fatally shot there. Big development in this assassination of the former Japanese Prime Minister. A Japanese court says prosecutors have now formally charged the suspect in the assassination with murder. 
Tetsuya Yamagami arrested immediately after Abe was shot while giving a campaign speech last July. Prosecutors say a mental evaluation found he was fit to stand trial. Police say that Yamagami told them he killed Abe because of his apparent links to a religious group he hated. Some Japanese have expressed sympathy for Yamagami, especially children of followers of the Unification Church. It's known for pressuring adherents into making big donations and is considered a cult in Japan. The investigation also revealed years of cozy ties between Abe's political party and the Unification Church. Well, failed FTX head Sam Bankman Freed Thursday launched a newsletter on a popular platform offering an elaborate defense of his actions. He wrote, I didn't steal funds and I certainly didn't stash billions away. Bankman Freed said of how he ran FTX is now bankrupt cryptocurrency firm. The Department of Justice has charged Freed with eight counts of fraud, money laundering and other charges. The Securities and Exchange Commission and Commodity Futures Trading Commission filed related civil complaints. Jason Trenner, CEO of Strategist Research Partners, a brokerage firm, spoke to 77 WABC about the FTX collapse. It, what's remarkable are that, in my opinion, are the institutional investors, the Sequoias, the big private equity firms, the big Wall Street firms. They got snookered by this guy as well. Bankman Freed pleaded not guilty to the Justice Department's charges brought by the U.S. Attorney from the Southern District of New York. He is currently under house arrest at his parents' home in Palo Alto, California, and is set to go on trial on those charges later this year. President Joe Biden and Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida scheduled to hold wide-ranging talks at the White House today. The U.S. and Japan are expected to seal an agreement to bolster U.S.-Japanese cooperation on space. It's the latest in a series of moves by Japan as it looks to build security cooperation with its allies amid growing concerns about Chinese and North Korean military action. Kushida's Washington visit is the capstone on a week-long tour of five European and North American capitals. Well, Tesla's recent round of price cuts now involves vehicles sold right here in the U.S. The electric automaker has reportedly cut prices on some models by nearly 20%. According to the Wall Street Journal, the move seen as a way to grab new buyers at a time that Wall Street is concerned about the appetite for vehicles is waning. Dan Ives of Wedbush reacted on Yahoo News. Look, I think for Tesla, as well as others, you know, in terms of autos, not just in China, but globally, I mean, the clock struck midnight. You're starting to see cracks in the armor in terms of the macro. They need to cut prices ahead. They have that flexibility because of much more scale globally. And I think it's the right move. Elon Musk's car company slashed the price of its baseline Model Y crossover by almost 20 percent to $52,990. And that puts the vehicle below a $55,000 market cap that now makes it eligible for the tax incentive of $7,500. A 14 percent cut brings the price of a high performance version of Tesla's Model 3 sedan to $53,990, also putting it under the cap. The Model 3 and Model Y are Tesla's best-selling vehicles. The company also lowered prices for its Model S luxury sedans and Model X sport utility vehicles. At least six people are reported dead in central Alabama and one in Georgia as a storm system roared through spawning tornadoes. The emergency management director in Attatuga County, Alabama, says he can confirm six fatalities. Director of Field Operations for Alabama's Emergency Management is Ricky Adams. He spoke to CNN. 
Well, the damage reports we have thus far from the county EMA is uh, structural damage, uh, trees down, power lines down, and the area is very difficult to access uh, due to debris. So um, the information is going to be a little slow coming out, but they are working house to house and area to area looking for people who may be entrapped and those who are injured. And the death and injury toll is expected to climb. New York Democratic Senator Kirsten Gillibrand has kicked off her re-election campaign. The 56-year-old sent out an email to supporters yesterday announcing her 2024 bid. 77 WABC News Time, 515. All right, Justin Alex here with your sports report. Yes, I am, Deb. Happy uh, Friday morning. Happy Friday. Wow. Friday the 13th, Justin. Oh, my God. Is that true? Yeah, that's really true. Oh, my God. Wow. All right, maybe I'm not so happy about it. <laughs> well, if you're superstitious, you're not. I'm not superstitious, Deb. No. All right. Get not out. at all. Here get we go. Out. Gone with it. Sports last night. Uh, you had a couple, uh, basketball game to get to here. Obviously, the Nets, they lose 109-98 to 98 at home to the Boston Celtics as they begin to feel the absence of superstar Kevin Durant. Kyrie Irving did his best to pick up the slack with his 24 points, but without his sidekick in KD, it was tough for Brooklyn to keep up with the NBA's top team in the Celtics. Um, Jason Tatum led a well-rounded team effort from Boston with his 20 points and 11 rebounds as the Nets will continue to search for their Durant, uh, Durant-less, I should say, identity come Sunday when the Oklahoma City come, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder come into town. And what a hockey game last night at the Garden between the Rangers and visiting Dallas Stars as the Rangers come back from the dead to stun the Stars 2-1 to one in overtime. The Blue Shirts needed every second of regulation to get on the scoreboard, literally, but luckily for them, they were only down a goal. When K. Andre Miller nodded things at one with .2 seconds left in the third period. And then Adam Fox grabbed the torch and ran with it to bury the game winner just over a minute into overtime. Advantage for Panarin. Aston fell on. Here's Panarin. Saved by Ottinger. Takeaway. Advantage and poked away. Snagelot. Panarin. Fox. That call courtesy of MSG after two straight wins now. The Rangers will try and stay hot at home when they face the Montreal Canadiens on Sunday night. And as for the Islanders, they suffer a 3-1 loss at home to the Minnesota Wild. That's their fourth straight loss. They'll try and get back to winning hockey tomorrow night at home against the aforementioned Canadians. And NFL wildcard weekend coming up here in the NFC. you got the 7-seed Seahawks and 2-seed 49ers Saturday at 4.30. 6-seed Giants at 3-seed Vikings Sunday at 4.30. And the 5-seed Cowboys taking on the 4-seed Buccaneers in uh, Tampa Bay Monday night at 8.15. And over in the AFC, the 5-seed Chargers at 4-seed Jaguars Saturday night at 8.15. Uh, seven seed Dolphins at two seed Bills Sunday at one p.m. Six seed Ravens at three seed Bengals Sunday night at eight fifteen p.m. So here we go, NFL playoffs. I'm Justin Alex with your early news sports update. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the seventy seven WABC Lou Dobbs financial report. Wall Street barreling toward a winning week. Yesterday's consumer price index data sent stocks up for a third straight day. Inflation cooling and earnings season is now in full swing. Big banks report today. Wells Fargo forecasts the top fourth quarter targets for earnings and revenue. J.P. Morgan Chase reports after the closing bell. Delta earnings forecast a surge nearly 500% over last year. Rising travel demand and higher prices boosting the stock 30% over the past six months. A new consumer 
Consumer Confidence Update from the University of Michigan today. Economists looking for a modest increase up one point from last month. Consumers showing more confidence now that prices are coming down. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. All right, checking your futures this morning. They're mixed right now. The Dow is up 11 points at 34,330. S&P down just half a point. The NASDAQ down 17 and a quarter points. Gold is up $9.60 an ounce. As for crude oil, it is at $78.88 a barrel. That's up 49 cents. The WABC Early News. Never Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Yonkers police are investigating after a detention officer suffered a severe reaction to an unknown substance Thursday afternoon, possibly fentanyl, which can be deadly. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard reports. Authorities say the 10-year department veteran was at Central Booking at police headquarters and started experiencing symptoms when she picked up an article of prisoner clothing. First responders administered three doses of Narcan to revive the officer who was hospitalized in stable condition. Authorities placed the Central Booking facility on lockdown to get clearance from a hazmat team. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. A man's under arrest after the deadly stabbing of a former NYPD detective on Staten Island. Officials say 37-year-old Nicholas Nelson was walking with his kids along Elizabeth Avenue in West Brighton just before 8 p.m. Wednesday. He ended up arguing with a suspect, deciding to put his kids inside, then returned outside where he was stabbed in his neck and later pronounced dead at Staten Island University Hospital. An anonymous friend of Nelson spoke to ABC7 about what he witnessed. They're going back and forth. Next thing you know... Knife comes out, see it going to his neck, and, you know, scuffling. Nick drops to the floor, and that's it. Um, Just starts bleeding out. The suspect, 26-year-old Eric Wilson, lives on the same block as the victim and was arrested Thursday afternoon on the following charges. Murder, assault, and criminal possession of a weapon. There's no history of any prior dispute between the victim and the suspect. Nelson was dismissed from the force in 2021. New York City's mayor, Eric Adams, says caring for migrants who continue to arrive in the city daily could put a severe strain on the city's budget. 77 WABC's Bob Brown reports. Mayor Adams is laying out his $103 billion spending plan for the 2024 budget. He calls city spending on migrants a moving target. If we open the borders again... Is going to increase uh, uh, even uh, more. Despite agreements to stop receiving large numbers of migrants from El Paso, Texas, Adams says they continue to arrive in the city. Trust me when I tell you, our numbers, <laughs> we are still receiving hundreds of migrants in the last a few days, we receive, I believe, 800. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. The city comptroller has estimated that the cost of these migrants to the city upwards of a billion dollars. NYPD hate crimes dashboard reports 195 anti-Semitic hate crime incidents reported through the third quarter of 2022 with 208 arrests here in the five boroughs. Now, a new survey released by the Anti-Defamation League Thursday about hateful attitudes towards Jewish people finds the number of Americans harboring extensive anti-Semitic prejudice has actually doubled 
since 2019 and stands at the highest level in decades. New Yorkers who spoke with Eyewitness News were outraged but not surprised about the new findings. I think it represents anti-Semitism and, and a lack of understanding of who the Jewish people are. It's horrible. I mean, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. I mean, it shouldn't be. Now, according to the study, 20 percent of Americans surveyed believe that Jews have too much power in the U.S. 21 percent believe that Jews don't care about anyone other than themselves. And 39 percent who responded to that survey said that Jews are more loyal to Israel than the United States. Fifty three percent believed they told the survey Jews will go out of their way to hire the survey believed to be the most comprehensive in-depth study of anti-Jewish among the findings. Well, the MTA actually set a new record, listen to this, Wednesday for the highest number of fare beaters nabbed in one single day. Topping this list, a Mazda CX-5 driver with $57,000 worth of unpaid tolls and a 30-year-old Mustang driver who broke down and cried. They were among the biggest toll scoff laws to be nabbed by cops at the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. The MTA said the top sheet had more than 500 violations dating back to May of 2021. Richard Hildebrand is the chief of operations of bridges and tunnels for the MTA. He spoke to Fox 5 about the threat of toll evaders. Toll evasion is an ongoing problem. We don't see it as much as you would think, given that 95% of our customer base uses easy pass tags and pays their tolls simply through electronic toll collection. The MTA estimates that it loses $50 million a year due to toll evaders, but officials said stings like Wednesday's move helps them recoup over 40% of those losses that they suffered during the year 2022. Well, a project by a group of Brooklyn seventh graders is gaining attention for its innovative approach to safety on the New York City subway system. These students at Liberty Avenue Middle School in East New York call their device the Subway Save. It's a prototype of a smart device that would be placed on columns in subway stations and allow riders to discreetly contact authorities by simply pushing a button. The project has caught the attention of officials at the MTA who visited the school Thursday for a demonstration. Here's New York City Transit President Richard Davey. I don't think the technology uh, is daunting they presented is actually quite um, implementable, if you will. It's, it's just making sure that we've got the right resources behind the button, if you will. And there is also an app that where anybody reporting an issue could describe what's happening and where. So the students entered their project in a nationwide contest involving 300 schools and they're one of 10 in New Jersey picked to move out to the next round in April. They could walk away with the top prize, which is $100,000. East Orange City officials demanding action from county and state executives to address a dangerous roadway that has claimed lives of several residents and has over 1,000 accidents reported over the last four years. They held a press conference yesterday. We're talking about freeway drive in East Orange. Uh, They uh, held that press conference in order to draw attention to that dangerous section of roadway. Lisa Marie Presley, the only child of Elvis, dead at the age of 54. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. 
Presley, who was the only child between Elvis and Priscilla Presley, saw success in the early 2000s with a music career of her own. Her debut, To Whom It May Concern, reached number five on the Billboard 200 Albums chart following its release in 2003, eventually being certified gold. She released her last album in 2012. Presley was the mother of four children, including actress Riley Keough. She received notoriety in 1994 for her marriage to music icon Michael Jackson, filing for divorce just two years later. Just two days before she passed away, Presley was in attendance at the Golden Globe Awards to support the biopic of her father. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. It's believed Lisa Marie Presley died of a heart attack. She went into apparent cardiac arrest at her residence, rushed to a hospital where she was pronounced dead. And if you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.